this week on the Divided Opinion Podcast. Should we move on to the to this Ballon d'Or top 10? I'm, I'm looking forward to it, to be honest, and I know we will have a few differing opinions. Should we start with number 10 and work our way up? The level that he's he's sort of displaying at, at his age as well, 21 years old, and I think he's just sort of built for... I think I could see him winning a Ballon d'Or in his career, 100%. I know obviously everyone looks at it like City falling at the final hurdle and disappointment, but it's still City's best performance in Europe. Maybe Bruno Fernandes? Give it a rest. If we're going <laughs> off numbers, you should be in the top 10. I hope he's not in your top 10, lad. How? How? So How? just put, just explain to me. No, explain to me. I'm honestly, I'm all ears. This is opinion, and if you change my mind, hello and welcome back to season two, episode fifteen of the Divided Opinion podcast. My name's Joel, and as always, Westy joins me. How are we, Westy? All good? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Um, just a pre-warning for everyone listening. If you do hear any background noise, drilling or anything like that, we've got a few, got some decorators in at the minute, so hopefully it shouldn't be it shouldn't be too bad and it shouldn't get in the way of, of your listening experience. Um, so today's episode, we're going to focus on the recent Ballon d'Or um, ceremony, whatever you call it. Obviously, there was, what is it, top 30? Is that what they did? Yeah, top 30. So there was a top 30, but we're just going to do our top 10. Um so we'll, we'll go through both of our top tens, kind of debate it, and then we'll compare them to the to the official uh, top ten. Um, we're also going to talk about Ranić a bit if we get time, but we'll start off with the the Premier League fixtures. We're getting into the December fixtures now. Did you watch the? Am I right in saying you watched the Leeds and Palace game on Tuesday yeah. West? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Did you take much from the game? I did mean, Palace seem to have a habit of conceding late on, don't they? It must yeah. be, as a fan, it must be so frustrating. I, I didn't particularly think neither side really, really deserved to win the game. I thought, I thought Leeds in general were pretty, pretty poor. Um, I didn't think Palace offered much either. It was a bit of a, bit of a deadbeat game, wasn't it? I mean, it was really. We, we are. We think we'll be, we'll be struggling to find talking yeah, points from it. Really, a, um, a little lapse in concentration from the Mark Guahi and yeah. He's been so reliable this season as well, but I think his immaturity showed that. Yeah, um, I'm not sure it, what he was thinking really. I have no yeah. idea. It's just with with Leeds, you just watch and you just think, how sustainable is this, and how long is Bielsa gonna be stubborn with his tactics before he he does just change things? Because well, this doesn't seem to be any ambition there this season, does no. there? If they were, I think they one well they were before they. I don't know where they are now, but they were one place above the relegation zone. And I just do you think Bielsa is too stubborn to change? Do you think he'll just die by, by yeah. his whatever you call his tactics? Uh, yeah, possibly. Yeah, I mean, we haven't have had any sort of evidence of him wanting to change, or he, he he doesn't even sort of if nothing's going his team's way, he doesn't doesn't sort of change his approach mid game either, does he? And he, he takes quite a long time no. to make substitutions, and like 
So it's just some of the players he persists with. And stuff, like, I understand they've had quite a lot of injuries, but people like Tyler Roberts, is, is Tyler Roberts really Premier League quality? No. But you look at the, the wider team, though, they have got real high-quality players, like yeah. not relegation fodder players. I think they have been, in all fairness to Leeds, they have been massively sort of battered by injuries. And I think once yeah. we see a full team come back, sort of Rafinha, Bamford, that, that forward line, and then the defence back in, in shape, I mean, I think we might see a bit of a different Leeds, but it does feel a little bit like people have sort of sussed them out and sort of know mm. how to play against them now. Yeah, and talking about injuries, we got onto another team. Obviously, last night it was the Merseyside derby. Uh, Everton have been affected by injuries as well this season. Rafa Benitez, obviously coming off the back of losing 4-1 at Goodison Park to Liverpool. He was blaming injuries a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't know, I, I've, I've, I sympathise with, with Benitez, to be honest. And obviously, the, the owners didn't afford him any room to manoeuvre in the transfer window. And I think it was because of managers that have come before him, the, the kind of spending, that they've, the ill-informed spending that they've, they've done and that's ended up um that's ended up meaning that Benitez hasn't been trusted in the in the transfer window do you have, do you have sympathy for for Benitez because this situation is going sour we said at the start of the season that if Everton hit any kind of a rut in form this was this was going to turn sour and the, he's not going to be get afforded time is he to rectify his, his mistakes no no um yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think it was ever a good idea him going to Everton. I mean, obviously, that it goes without saying all of his links with Liverpool. Um, so it was always going to be sort of like a poison chalice going there. Like you say, any yeah. sort of any any drop in form or bad result, like even when they're winning games, those fans don't want him there. So it's no. he, he can't win Benitez. But also, I do sympathise with him because I think what we're seeing now with Everton is is a a case of how many managers have we have we seen there now over the past five or six years and how many managers have failed? Pretty much all of them. I mean, Ancelotti, you could probably argue he was building something a little bit. I mean, but even the football he played was was pretty dire last season. Um, but it, it, it sort of comes down to the players now, I think. I mean, it's been... The core group of players has been pretty much the same that the last three or four managers have had. I mean, you've had Benitez now, Ancelotti... Uh, Martinez, Koeman, all all managers with a fair bit of pedigree. I mean, certainly people like Ancelotti and Benitez. And they can't seem to get a tune out of the players. And it, no. it's a bit similar to sort of like the, the Manchester United situation. When do you draw the line and say, maybe it is not the managers, maybe it's the players? Yeah, when I look at that Everton side, though, and I look where Everton are and I look at Benitez's pedigree as a manager, aside from his kind of past with Liverpool etc I do think they are quite a good match like I think for Benitez he's obviously had jobs like Newcastle recently where he, he that was he he was he's a lot higher he should be in better teams than the likes of Newcastle and Everton they obviously have and that that is where he sympathise with him because I imagine he did go there with the assurances that he would get money to spend but he just hasn't been afforded that but yeah. you look at their team yesterday and it's not a bad squad. Like I look across it, and you got Pickford in goal. You got the England keeper in goal. You got likes of Digne, Keane, uh, Godfrey's a really good player. You look through the team. You've got players like Decore, Alan. Um, it's like these are these are. It's a solid squad. Like this is not a. 
they, they should be pushing up that table. Um, and I just wonder whether with Benitez, regardless of his ability as a manager, I just don't know if he ever could achieve in this role. I think it might be a little bit of naivety on his part to take the role, to be honest. And But I don't agree with any kind of treatment that these managers are getting. I don't like the way football's going in that respect, really. I know the, these parts of the country and football is like a religion and I will never be able to fully understand kind of the 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 height of everything and the how big it is to people in this part of the country but I still don't believe that any kind of title like history or ever anything justifies the kind of treatment these managers are getting and it's I think it's the worst thing to hear in football isn't it home fans just booing after after the final whistle like it's regardless of whether it's justified I just hate it I hate when Leicester do it and yeah I just um, do you sympathise then with, with Benitez then? Yeah yeah certainly I certainly do Do you think he's just like do you think he's right like he's got a point in saying that injuries are a problem I think they've only got Yerry Mina and Calvert-Lewin to come back are those two players that important? I think Calvert-Lewin's the biggest miss I mean yeah yeah, I mean Rondon and sort of. I mean Damari Gray. We've seen been playing sort of through the middle as a nine. Got a goal last night. You got a, yeah, got a goal. Um, but none of them really sort of offer the same sort of threat that Calvert Lewin does. No. Um, with Mina, I mean I've never been a, a big fan of him. I don't think he's. I don't think he's anything special. But it seems that he sort of keeps that Everton defence intact a bit. He did early on in the season, and since he's been missing I mean the results have slumped quite uh, quite a lot so yeah I think Calvert-Lewin is just the, the guy that just leads that team though isn't he leads I, from the front I also think uh, one thing Everton I mean they've invested so much over the past sort of four or five years and but I still struggle to see how they've failed to replace Seamus Coleman I think I mean he's been a fantastic servant for Everton over the past 10-15 years I mean he was a brilliant player in his in his heyday but I mean, he. I think he probably passed his sell-by date a good three or four years ago. <laughs> Did you, he got absolutely stitched? Up I mean, I felt so that sorry pass for him. That from Damari Gray. Damari Gray, what that was, was he a thinking? Hospital pass. You play that on the floor, mate, or just yeah. go straight back to the keeper. Honestly, and then you've got Seamus Coleman in a foot race with, with Mo Salah. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, there's only one winner there, isn't there? Oh, um, he had a bit of a howler last night, Seamus Coleman. To be fair. Yeah, but he just like you said though. There's. He's not in. He shouldn't even be in a position where he's having to go one on one with these players. Like he's not. It's just unfair at this point. Should we move on to the to this Ballon d'Or top ten? Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to it to be honest. And I know we will have a few differing opinions. Should we start with number ten and work our way up? Yeah, let's go. I, I'll put a fair bit of research in there mate, as well. I've, each of my decisions, I've got a reasoning behind them. But I think there's going to be a few that you think are just absolute clangers, to be honest. Um, and it's not good that I'm saying that even before we've got into it. Uh, should we start with number 10 then? Who have you got in at number 10? Um, we've got Kylian Mbappe. I've got Kylian Mbappe as well. There we go. 42 goals, 11 assists in 47 games for both club and country. Second in league earn, obviously, to Lille. They, what, he won the Coupe de France, which I imagine is the, the FA Cup over there. PSG's top goal scorer, Champions League semi-finals, lost to Man City, but they did beat Barcelona and Bayern en route to the semi-finals. Obviously disappointing at the Euros, 
knocked out by Switzerland in the round of 16, and he got zero goals and two assists. How do you assess Kylian Mbappe now and the kind of player that he's becoming? Is, is he on the, the trajectory that you thought he'd be at? Is he at the level you thought he'd be at? Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say he's, I wouldn't say he's stagnated at all. Um, yeah. Maybe he's, how old is he, 22, 23? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to judge, isn't it? I mean, in that PSG side as well, it's so sort of difficult to judge a player's sort of true ability because he's playing 75% of his football each season against against players that he, he, he could play play against in his sleep pretty much. I mean, there's no yeah. disrespect to the other players but that they're playing. And then the Champions League, it is, I think it's a case of how the team sort of reflects onto an individual as well. I mean, it's so hard to get up and sort of change for a for a much better opposition and high quality mm. of opposition. I mean, I think we I don't think we'll see Mbappe sort of reach the, the the true heights until he sort of moves on to that sort of Real Madrid. Yeah, or... I think that is it's imminent in it that move. I think it is coming, yeah. and I think that is where we will really see the the Kylian Mbappe, the true Kylian Mbappe, and we'll see what level he gets to. I just thought the thing that pushed him up my list was. This guy, um, and along with Haaland, Haaland, who doesn't make my top 10, Haaland doesn't, but I think those two are the ones that I'm going to be looking to in the years to come to kind of take that mantle off the Messis and Ronaldos. I think they are the the kind of the most worthy candidates. Um, I, I just think Kylian Mbappe is a top player, and I, I, I agree with you. I want to see him go elsewhere. I want to see what he can do. Saying that, though, he did, I think... I haven't got it right in front of me, but I'm pretty sure he scored like eight goals in the Champions League. So he's still doing it against top opposition. And yeah. he's one of those players you can't, you don't, it doesn't matter who he's doing it against. You know the level's there, but we've seen him do it against the very best. And yeah, I think very worthy of top 10. I'm hoping we've gone for a different player at number nine. Uh, who have you gone with at number nine? I reckon you might be surprised with mine. Um, at number nine, I've gone for Erling Haaland. Have you? Wow. Yeah. So that, that was a big part of mine was, Kind of that number 10 position was either Haaland or Mbappe. Um, I've gone with Ruben Diaz at number nine. Ruben Diaz? Yeah. And I know that it's a bit of a left field decision, um, but obviously won the Premier League, 19 clean sheets, won the EFL Cup, Champions League runners-up, which is, I know obviously everyone looks at it like City falling at the final hurdle and it's disappointment, but it's still City's best performance in Europe. Like, they're still the, the the first and only time they've got to the final, which is something in itself. That is an achievement. Yeah, of course, yeah. Obviously, got Premier League Player of the Year. I think should have won the PFA Player of the Year as well over De Bruyne. I don't know if De Bruyne's got into your top 10. Don't tell us yet. But for me, I think in terms of when you're looking at a City player, I think obviously a City player has to be in there. Won the Premier League, won the EFL Cup, got to Champions League runners-up. It's still an achievement. And for me, I just think Ruben Diaz is that that most important part to that. To be honest, you're looking at me smiling. Are you? Are you? Do you disagree with what I'm saying? No, no. I mean, I, I fully agree, apart from the bit where you said a City player has to be in the top ten. And I've just looked at my list and thought, oh no, you not got one. <laughs> no, no, no. That's but that's just opinion, isn't it? I just thought with the season they had, I thought someone had to be there. And but that's interesting. So no, De Bruyne as well. 
Obviously, we've there's a lot of De Bruyne slander. Not a chance. Kevin De Bruyne is in my yeah. top ten. I, I, I'm glad we agree on something, but I think some of the listeners listeners might not. I'm quite. Um, I'm, I'm 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 pretty astonished that he he came eighth. Yeah, and uh, and no Gundogan on the list as well. Gundogan's had a better better year calendar year than, yeah. than De Bruyne, and he's not even in the top thirty. So that's just criminal. That and when you it's just when you look at importance to the team, and I don't think De Bruyne's. The most important player for City anymore. Oh, he he barely ever plays. No, but I think we've, it's tough, isn't it? Like when you look at Ballon d'Or, are you looking at just that calendar year? Or do you take into account previous years? Do you just look at ability? What What do you think of when you're when you're categorising these players? Well, obviously, it's it's mainly sort of based off the calendar year, but I I almost I sometimes do also take a bit of bit of the first three or four months of the this previous season in into hand because it all follows into one and what they did at the sort of back end of the last season it, it, a lot of the foundations are built early on in that season so that I think that deserves to all be judged as one yeah um obviously numbers and is a big factor individual awards um yep. and just just consistency really just constantly showing why proving to people why they are the best at what they do and and yeah I mean no, I mean I think numbers is a massive thing isn't it really and yeah and I think just a genuine general influence they have on their own team and the importance of them and how how, how do their teams cope when they're missing and not playing yeah I think it is difficult with numbers though as well because there is a player on here that that is on my list that probably doesn't stand out numbers wise and I do think with football we are kind of I mean, stats are everything now, isn't it? Aren't they? And like, everyone loves stats. And but I just think there are certain players you watch that don't light it up in terms of stats, but you watch and you know they've got the quality. Yeah. Um. So I haven't gone like a hundred percent on stats, but obviously he kind of the players kind of pick themselves when you're looking at some of the numbers on here. And some, I mean, Mbappe in in tenth, forty-two goals and eleven assists in forty-seven games. That's pretty outrageous, to be honest. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Ruben Diaz in at number nine for me, and Haaland in future. What's your reasoning behind Erling Haaland? I just, I just think he's a he's just a freak, isn't he? Yeah. Honestly, I mean, the level that he's he's sort of displaying at, at his age as well, twenty one years old, and I think he's just sort of built for. I think I can see him winning a Ballon d'Or in his career, one hundred percent. I think yeah. he's got a higher ceiling than Mbappe personally. Yeah. Um, but just to, just every time I watch him, he just scores every game. I mean, I think he's 50 goals in 50 Bundesliga appearances. I mean, that's outrageous for someone of his age. Yeah. Came into the league when he was 19. Champions League, I know Dortmund have just gone out of the Champions League, but he only played the first game. For, so he's been injured, but last season you saw him in the Champions League. Scoring all the big games against Man City. I mean, he does what he can in that team and does it really well. So, I just, yeah, I just think when you just yeah, look no. when you look at a striker and you look at the numbers. I mean, Haaland's right up there. I mean, but yeah, and that's the thing for me is if it was off ability, Haaland would be easily pushing into my top ten. And the way I've done it is I've not gone with like I've not just ranked the the top ten best players because I personally think like. Mbappe would probably be in my in my top near my top five if I was talking about level. I'm personally a fan of Mbappe over Haaland. 
obviously Haaland's an absolute joke and I'm not taking anything away from him. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be so interesting to see the Mbappe and Haaland, how they both develop and whether they are going to be able to continue what the, the, the levels set by the Ronaldo's, the Messi's. Because in terms of goals scored, Haaland and Mbappe are the two, aren't they, that could potentially rival them in years to come. I mean, Haaland's going to just score a scary amount of goals, isn't he? He could end up great. He's going to just shatter records. Yeah. Should we move on to number eight? Yeah. So, I'll go first on this one. I went for... I mean, I don't know if it's a left field pick or not, but I went for Luis Suarez. Obviously, 21 goals, three assists in 32 La Liga appearances. Got zero goal involvements in the Champions League, which is disappointing, but they were knocked out in the, the round of 16 by Chelsea. Obviously, won La Liga for the first time in seven years with a, what, Atletico. For the, so, Atletico's first title in seven years. I just think that's a really impressive achievement. And leaving Barcelona was kind of outcast by Barcelona and identified as that player that needed to go and for for Barcelona to grow. But actually, they ended up just strengthening their rivals. And yeah, I just think an impressive season from Luis Suarez. Who have mm. you gone for in eighth? Gone for N'Golo Kante. N'Golo Kante, wow, that is low down, that. It's low down for Kante. Well, I, I, I looked at the list and I thought, I mean, he's obviously an unbelievable player, but I mean, for this season, he's he's barely perform. He's barely barely been on the pitch. I mean, he's injured an awful lot nowadays. I'm not sure what's going on there with him. Yeah. Um, obviously, the Euros, no one really in the in the French squad sort of displayed himself in any sort of glory. No. Obviously, the second half of last season, the Tuchel, he he played a lot of football and instrumental in that sort of Champions League win. Especially in the final, I thought he was man of the match in that final, sort of everywhere. And I mean, obviously, he's definitely in the top ten. But I just thought yeah. because of it, it was mainly sort of a four or five month period for Kante this year. I, I, I didn't, well, I, I don't know, I, I didn't really see him as being creeping into my top five. I'm not sure about you. Well, you're going to be surprised, mate. Kante is in my top five. Um, I won't tell you any more yet, but. Yeah, so I, I agree with what you're saying. I think with Kante, I, I kind of looked at that as well. I looked at these appearances, but he still made like 51 appearances last season. So, and I just think as well, I think he, and I'll, I'll put my argument forward with Kante when we get further up the list, because I, I can give you that. He is he is quite, like he's higher up than I think you'd you'd expect, to be honest. Um, But yeah, no, I think I, I, I think that's an that's a admirable pick, and I, I understand your reasoning behind that. What do you think about Luis Suarez in eighth? Do you agree with my thought behind that? It's one that was out of the box, to be honest, when I heard it. But thinking yeah. of it and the reason you're giving me, and actually, sort of, in reality, I mean, it's it's fairly sort of. I I, I agree with it almost. I mean, I almost yeah. wish think I should have put him in mine. Yeah. I mean, the way he led Atletico to that title last season. I mean, at his age as well. I mean, he keeps on doing it. I mean, like you say, Champions League is a bit of a disappointment this year and last, but. I mean, the way you were sort of shipped out by Barcelona and in such a sort of disrespectful way after all he'd done for the club and mm. the way he turned it around and went to Atletico and won them a title, I mean, yeah. It's just a further highlighting the, the ineptitude at, at Barcelona, really, isn't it? And yeah. Just, they're just a bit of an embarrassment, Barcelona. I mean, that's <laughs> just a... What a decision to get rid of Suarez but keep Griezmann. And then they've ended up giving Griezmann as well to Atletico. It's just... 
or getting rid of Suarez, signing Martin Braithwaite and Luke De Jong. <laughs> Couldn't really get any worse, <laughs> could it? So, guys, just out of interest, this is the the full thirty man shortlist that we have choose from, chose from. I'm right in saying you haven't picked anyone that wasn't on the shortlist, have you, Wes? I've picked one. You picked one. What in your top ten? Yeah. Wow, and they've not come up yet already. That is going to be a controversial decision. This is the 30-man shortlist that Ballon d'Or put forward. Cesar Aspilicueta, Barela of Inter Milan, Karen Benzema, Benucci, De Bruyne, Chiellini, Ronaldo, Ruben Diaz, uh, Donnarumma, Bruno Fernandes, Phil Foden, Erling Haaland, Jorginho, Harry Kane, Angolo Kante, Simon Kajar of AC Milan, the Danish centre-back. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Uh, Robert Lewandowski, Lukaku, Mares, Martinez, Mbappe, Messi, Modric, Gerard Moreno of Villarreal, Mason Mount, Neymar, Pedri, Mohamed Salah, Raheem Sterling and Luis Suarez. Were there any names on there that you were surprised to see in the running west? Um, I mean, I know, you. It's, but I've just chucked a load of names at you there, so... Not, not particularly. I mean, maybe sort of... Maybe Bruno Fernandes? <sighs> Give it a rest. If we're going <laughs> off numbers, you should be in the top 10. I hope he's not in your top 10, lad. Um, I thought I thought Gerard Moreno was a bit of a... Won the Europa League, didn't he? I mean, yeah, that, was just, I mean... that was the only reason he was put in there. I was surprised there weren't any Lille players in there, to be honest, because I think that winning league on it kind of went under, oh, the, yeah. under the radar, really, that achievement. Burak Yulmaz should arguably be in the top three. No nomination for Jamie Vardy. What did you think about that? I was surprised. Oh. <laughs> Didn't win anything, did he? All right. I'm surprised Harry Maguire. Well, we've still got time. Maybe Harry Maguire is that one player. Just said he didn't uh, win anything. I just forgot he won the FA Cup. Yeah, they, exactly. That, exactly. <laughs> the biggest trophy in England, that. Um, <laughs> should we move on to seventh in our list? Yeah. Uh, who have you gone for in seventh? This is actually my player that isn't in the top 30. How have you managed to get a player? And I think it's, I think it's, it's a, I think it's shambles. How he's not even in FIFA's top thirty. So my number seven is Edward Mendy. Edward Mendy of Chelsea. Chelsea's yeah. goalkeeper. No, that is a good shout. That is a good shout. No, no goalkeeper made it into my top ten. No, it was Donnarumma was close to being in there. Mm, I was considering him for that. Obviously, the Euros spot. keeper of the tournament and. But, uh, he just hasn't. He just hasn't sort of played a lot at PSG since his move. I mean, he's sort did of still. He, still did he do much at club level as well last season. Milan, you know, you, know, you follow Syria a lot closer. Yeah, than I did. well, you know, he, he did well with Milan. I mean, he he put, got them into the top four and got the Champions League back for the first time in ten years. So, good achievement. But I, I went with Mendy. I think I've been seeing quite a lot of disrespect for Mendy on by other sort of organisations and awards. I think it was even like best goalkeepers uh, award. He wasn't mm. included. I'm not sure what how he's not made it onto this thirty. To be honest, I know but it just... says a lot that he's in your top ten and he ha- he's not even in the top thirty. I'm just looking now. I don't think there were any other keepers though, other than Donnarumma. No, there was not. There wasn't no. a single other keeper, which is, I think that's poor to be honest. Really. Yeah, I mean, men- I mean, Mendy. I mean, he's been outstanding for Chelsea. I mean, just take this season into account. I mean Chelsea flying, he's been brilliant, uh, brilliant in the Champions League. I mean signed in, was it last summer he signed? Yeah, yeah. And first season took Chelsea to a Champions League win. 
and they had some goalkeeper issues as well before him. Obviously that that um what's his name? Arizabalaga. I mean that was a that was a one of the worst signings of all time. That wasn't it. Doesn't really get talks about enough that they paid seventy five million for him. No, just absolutely criminal business that <laughs> from Chelsea. Um, I've actually gone for a Chelsea teammate in seventh and a player that I'll be interested to know if he is on your list. Um, looking at who you've put below, I'm 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 kind of doubting it, but I've gone for Jorginho at seventh. Obviously, part of Italy's Euros winning squad and Chelsea's Champions League winning squad. Mister Reliable from the spot. Um, he scored Italy's winning penalty in the semi-final against Spain, but then did miss a penalty in the shootout against England in the final. I just there's a few stats here because obviously I think this this was the player I was talking about that the stats probably doesn't show his impact on the team. And I've seen a few people debating. I think it was Darren Bent on Talksport. Let's give him a little bit of airtime. Um, he was discussing <laughs> like that basically too. that you do you you're a fan of him? Yeah, I think he think he speaks well. Fair enough. Well, he was basically saying that I I saw where his point was coming from. But he was basically saying that oh, Jorginho wasn't a big part of the Chelsea team, wasn't a big part of the Italy team. How's he got so high on the Ballon d'Or? But there's a few stats here that just do just show the the importance he had, and this is specifically to the Italy team at the Euros. So he had the, the tournament high of eight interceptions in a game against Spain in the semi-final. He covered the most ground of any player in the tournament, eighty-six kilometers. Uh, made the most recoveries alongside Manuel Akanji with 46. Completed the second most passes of any player alongside em- Emmerich Laporte with a 93% passing accuracy across the whole tournament. He got the most interceptions, he won the most fouls. And yeah, the most interceptions of any other player breaking Marcel Desailly's record of 24 interceptions in a single tournament. Do you think that shows that Jorginho is very worthy of being on this list? Or do you think... He maybe was in the right place at the right time with both the Italy and Chelsea team. No, I, f- I think he deserves to be on the list. I think top 10, he is in my top 10. Yeah. Um, I don't think, I mean, he finished third in the end. I don't think as high as that. I mean, there's definitely other players that have out- outperformed him this year. Yeah. But no, I mean, you, it, it, there is a there is a sort of, yeah, like you say, might be a bit of luck that he's found himself in there, but you've got to be in there. I mean, he's playing to two of the best teams in the world. I mean, yeah. Chelsea team, he was instrumental in there. I mean, sort of Kante sort of gets all the plaudits in that midfield for Chelsea because he goes about he's he's all about the pitch, sort of picking up all the loose balls. But Jorginho, he does just make everything tick, and in big pressure moments, he does step up normally for for both club and country. And mm. yeah, it's it's there's not too much of a coincidence that he won the Champions League and was an integral part in that, and then went on to win the Euros and. I think he started this season pretty well, pretty well as well. So yeah. I think he deserves to be in there. He's, yeah, I do agree. I agree as well. But just a hypothetical question. It's impossible. It's quite hard to answer, to be honest. But do you think if you took Jorginho out of those, well, first the Italy squad, do you think they would have won the Euros? And if you do, you, do you think if they took him out of that Chelsea squad, they would have won the Champions League? Yeah, I mean, there's a good. Yeah, possibly there's a good chance they would have. But you could say that about a lot of players. I mean, the, the the quality that these teams have and the strength and depth they have, they can replace yeah. people. And Chelsea yeah. can bring someone else in. Italy can bring someone else in. But I don't think it really... It, you can't really take too much away from someone like Jorginho in this situation. No. I mean, people no, no. were tipping him to win it, weren't they? Yeah. 
He was yeah, the favourite for up until the last two or three weeks. He was the favourite to win the Ballon d'Or. But yeah, no, I think he he definitely is deserving of being on the list and just a really impressive season. And you can't, regardless of hypothetical questions like that and how big of a part you thought he played in both teams, he was there, wasn't he? Like he was. no other player won both the Euros and the Champions League, so you just can't take that away from him. But I think those stats showed that he did have a really big part to play as well. Yeah. He wasn't just part of these teams. He was he was a cog in a machine, but an important cog at that. We then move up to number six on the list. And I've gone with Cristiano Ronaldo in number six. 36 goals, four assists. I'm hearing your reaction already. Obviously, four, fourth in Serie A. Coppa Italia winner. Super Coppa Italiana winner. I'm not sure what the what those trophies are. I imagine one's like a soup, uh, community shield type, and one's like the FA Cup. Obviously, Champions League round of 16 knocked out by Porto on away goals, which is really disappointing. Knocked out by Belgium in the in the Euros, but he did finish the the equal top scorer with five goals. I'm assuming that Cristiano Ronaldo is higher up on your list. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who have you put in at six? Got. The man we just spoke about, Jorginho, is in at six for me. Yeah, what? What do you? What? Any reasoning behind that that we haven't spoke about already? What Jorginho? Yeah. No, I mean, I think we've all we've covered it pretty well. Yeah. Just there, I mean, he had to be in there somewhere, and didn't think he'd break into my top five, but he's certainly, certainly, um, deserved of a space yeah. sort of just a, just above that. Absolutely. Just off um, initial, before I can give my argument back, what are you thinking? Cristiano Ronaldo put him in too low at number six. I think so, yeah. But, I mean, opinions will be opinions, I mean. The thing is, for me, with these kind of top six players, there's a kind of a few orders that I could have put them in. Obviously, the top two kind of picks themselves. Um, but these kind of third to sixth, they could have all been in a dip, any order, really. And I yeah. wouldn't have minded. I just think with Ronaldo, he obviously deserves to be up there. I just think there's players that were better than him last season. And I think fourth in Serie A is just a it's just really poor. Like in that Juventus squad. I mean yeah, I, if, I don't know the ins and outs. You tell me why why did they finish fourth in Serie A? What went wrong at Juventus last season? Oh, Andrea Perlo. I mean yeah. pretty much. And but the, 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 there's a there's a, there's a rut at Juventus and it's set in sort of before that. I mean, Maurizio Sarri came in. They've chopped and changed so many managers over the past three or four years. I mean, they won. To fair, they actually say, say Maurizio Sarri won them the Serie A in the only season there. So you can't take that away from him. But I mean, last season they're a sort of an aging team. I mean, they've brought in some fresh faces. I mean, Chiesa and some good players in there. But they've got rid of a few key players as well and it's just it, it wasn't working and a lot of people were blaming Ronaldo for last season saying he was the issue and they could they had, they had to sort of play around him even though he wasn't affecting the game for the majority of the game popping up the odd goal but I mean they're 10th they're in Serie A this season so I don't think yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I just think it's I mean I don't know the ins and outs of, of Juventus but I imagine their fan base is quite similar to one of of like Real Madrid in terms of being very entitled yeah there was there was I'm right in saying there was discontent around Ronaldo at Real Madrid wasn't there for a a period of time as well yeah I mean there was he used to I remember him getting booed and things like that he's been booed before I mean he used to average 
2.8 goals a game <laughs> around just, Madrid. Yeah. But I think if football fans, some football fans, they see they don't see a player running around like a headless chicken and they think he's, he's not got, like he's not trying yeah. or I don't, yeah. Um, with Ronaldo, yeah, that's why I went with sixth. I just thought you could easily nudge him up this list, but I just think when you look at the lack of silverware, one really, I know he won a Copper Italia, but I just because Portugal disappointed as well at the Euros. I was going out in the round of sixteen to a poor Belgium side as well. I just think that that Portugal squad, I think we were all thinking, when you look at the quality throughout it, I think we were all thinking they'd be in the conversation or at least making it to a semi-final or something like that. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think Ronaldo is sick. I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah. Obviously, before we go into our top five, let's recap. Obviously, I've gone, so in, in 10th, I went for Kylian Mbappe, then went for Ruben Diaz in 9th, and then 8th, Luis Suarez. Seventh, Jorginho. Sixth, Cristiano Ronaldo. Do you want to? Tenth, I've got Kylian Mbappe. Um, ninth, Erling Haaland. Eight, Angelo Kante. Seven, Edouard Mendy. And six, Jorginho. Right. Number five, who have you gone for? Karim Benzema. Karim Benzema in five. That's low down. Hmm. What you? What, well, I'll go for my five before you explain that. So I went for Mo Salah. In fifth. Really? Yeah. Did he not make your top ten? I mean, I say really. He's he's only a place different. <laughs> <laughs> what, so you... Um, so you oh, don't spoil it yet. So I went with Mo Salah in fifth. I just think... Obviously, for 31 goals, six assists in 51 appearances, which is still very impressive. Obviously, I think he's probably going to record far higher numbers than that this season. But I just think with with Salah... This was the one pick where I looked at and just thought, just quality. Like, I just looked at him and his, his quality and the level he's at now. And maybe I've been kind of influenced by the, the level he's been at this season. And I know this is last season, but I just think, I think when we look back, when you look back on Ballon d'Ors, you kind of use it as a, as a metric for certain players. And you can look back on years gone by and look at the players, that the level they were at, etc. I think Mo Salah has to be in this conversation because he is in the best players in the world he's the think, best player in the world at the moment yeah he, yeah he probably is and obviously yeah we look at him finished third in the premier league last season which i know obviously they'd want to be higher but considering the the start of the season they had third was very respectable in the end obviously quarterfinals of the champions league knocked out by real madrid he was just let down by the team around him though wasn't he and the fact that he was still able to record numbers and put up the numbers that he did, I think it's just so impressive and just kind of tells you the player that he is at. Um, so, sorry, who was your fifth again? Uh, Karen Karen. Benzema. So what was your thought behind that? Were you not thinking about putting him higher maybe? Yeah, I, I, I wanted to put him higher. But I just, there was just four other players ahead of him that I had in mind. I mean, he's had a fantastic year. I mean, continues to do it for Real Madrid sort of gets better of age I think despite France's poor Euros he was probably their shining light I think he scored three yeah. goals in four games so yeah. got an assist a couple of assists as well and he hadn't been in that France squad for so long as well to come just slot straight back in yeah and just the way he performs for Real Madrid I mean his numbers for Real Madrid and the influence he now has on the team obviously a lot of was made of his influence when whilst people like Ronaldo and Gareth Bale obviously is still there but doesn't really have a big, big part to play 
he was sort of like the understudy to all of them sort of players. Didn't really get the appreciation he deserves. Obviously, since they've moved on, I think he's... I wouldn't say he's took his game to a new level. I just think people have just come to appreciate his game a lot more. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that is why I've I put Benzema higher up on this list. I think I've been so impressed with the, the, the player that he's become and the kind of responsibility that he's taken on when the players like Ronaldo have left and Bale's quality has just subsided. I think, I mean, a, a story for the podcast as well. Obviously, you know, Wes, that I did see Karen Benzema in on team in the south of France. I could have got a photo with him, but didn't. Still plays on my mind today. Every day I think about it before I go to sleep. <laughs> but yeah, obviously friend of the podcast, Karen Benzema. And that's yeah. why I put him in higher. But yeah, no, jokes aside, a top, top player. A top player. Um, do you want to move on to fourth and give us your fourth pick? Fourth, I've got Mohamed Salah. So Mo Salah does get a fourth. I, when I hadn't seen his name already, I thought you maybe hadn't made your top no. ten. I'm glad you put him in. He's in there, 100%. Um. Yeah. So, what is that? You didn't look at silverware. I think no. is his quality just too much now? To I th- yeah, I think obviously going off sort of last season, second half of last season as well. I mean, he. I think he sort of improved in the back end of last season in that sort of running where Liverpool sort of up their game and might and managed to finish third in the Premier League when it looked for so long as if they wouldn't even finish in the top six. Yeah. Uh. So that was impressive. Um. But yeah, this season, I mean, despite it only being December and no trophies have been won yet, um, I think the level he's performing at is just sort of out of this world. I mean, you can't ignore that sort of quality. I mean, he's going to break records this season, I think, in the Premier League. I think, well, he's already broke the record. Did he, Was it 38 goals in, no, 36 goals in 38 games in his first Premier League season? Yeah, ridiculous. You're the stats man, mate. You know Something like that. Um, yeah. I can see him breaking that this season. I mean, you think he is odds-on favourite to win the Ballon d'Or 2022? Yeah, I can see that happening 100%. Especially if he sort of pushes Liverpool onto a Champions League or a Premier League trophy. Even yeah. without that, I mean, yeah, he speaks for himself, doesn't it? Obviously, I've gone in fourth. I've gone for Angola Kante. Um, where did you put him in your list again? Eighth. So you put in eighth. I've put him in fourth. I just think with Angola Kante. And it probably is a similar one to, to Mo Salah, really. I think he is in like the top five best players in the world at the moment. And I think for me, it was that Champions League win. And it's when you just look at the, the collection that he is amassing now of trophies. You know, he's added yeah. now, obviously, the Champions League's had to, added to a couple of Premier Leagues. He's got a World Cup. I just think, I think as well, he was let down under Lampard. And under, who was the manager before Lampard? Sarri. Because so, Sarri played him out of position as well, didn't he? Played him on the left wing, yeah. Yeah, so Sarri played him out of position. Lampard played him in a more of a, a positive role, in more of a box-to-box role, which I know Kante can do, but he is better being that deeper line midfielder. And I just think he was let down by Lampard. And then you saw the quality he had. As soon as Tuchel came in, Tuchel knew where to play him. Just played him where, where he's most comfortable. And you saw it, saw the improvement in Chelsea. And I just don't, it's not a coincidence that Kante is in all of these teams that just win things and are just colossal teams. Obviously, a disappointing Euros. Exited, yeah, we spoke about it before, but in the round of 16 to Switzerland. But I just think, I just think Angola Kante is in the top 
four or five best players in the world and that's why I put him in there and I think I just I was just I just yeah, that's my my argument really. I think that Champions League win just did enough to push him up there really. Yeah. Do you disagree with that? No. I mean no. it's just opinions. I mean he sort like you say, he's one of them players that could be sort of eighth or ninth but could be third or fourth. I mean, there's all these players it'd be so easy to sort of shuffle up about and it still wouldn't look out of place. Yeah, I think I've obviously looked at more kind of overall quality rather than yeah the specific season. And obviously yeah, the specific season has taken has been taken into account, but I yeah, I can say I think it'd be wrong for him not to be up up and up and around the top of the list. Um now we go into our top 3. So I'm trying to think also I assume you've got Cristiano Ronaldo in third. I have, yeah. Yeah. What is any any particular reasoning behind that? I, I, to be honest, I think he's too high. Um, I just I just think he's one of the most underappreciated players of our generation. Yeah, uh, no, I, I mean, it, this like it's, it's like nothing nothing against Lionel Messi, nothing Lionel Messi's fault. But there's there's there is clearly an agenda through FIFA and France football and. I mean, all the comments of the the person who awards the Ballon d'Or this year, the comments he made about Ronaldo last week, the ones that Ronaldo came out and put on his Instagram and everything, sort of slating him. What were him. the comments? Basically, he the the guy who awards the the trophy, the the thing, has it came out and said that basically Ronaldo's only ambition in his career is to finish with more Ballon d'Ors than Lionel Messi, and mm. fake quotes. Ronaldo came out saying complete lie this this man is a liar he's using my name to make money off himself and that hence why he didn't attend the Ballon d'Or ceremony yeah um but in previous years as well I mean he's I think he's done so well to win, win five Ballon d'Ors himself in a period where people like uh people people in UEFA and FIFA they've always spoke about how uh, who was it that said it I think it was um not who's Platini? Who was the UEFA president? Uh, it was Platini, wasn't it? At one point, I'm not sure. Set Blatter, that's it. That was FIFA. FIFA, yeah. but Set Blatter came out, didn't he, and said a few years ago that Lionel Messi is this sort of is is the child that every parent would want to have, and he he gets all the good things because he's that good child. And they said then he came out and basically said that Ronaldo is sort of the one that always gets put to the side. He's a naughty one, and no one really wants to reward him with anything. Mm. So I, think, I just I, think I feel I, like he's I, always been fighting an agenda though against himself, created by others, and no, there's nothing taken away from Lionel Messi. Like he deserves what he's won, he deserves everything. One of the best players of all time, in some cases the best. But I just feel like Ronaldo. I think even this year, I mean, like look at the Euros top goal scorer, like the way he's come back to United, and like I said, he's he's kept United afloat from from falling out of Champions League with his goals he scored the, the important goals and I just think Messi won a Copa America brilliant and that takes him right up there for me the way he led his team to the Copa America but other than that I mean he scored a lot of goals for Barcelona but when you take into this this season as well I mean well yeah well, well I hold your horses we'll talk about Messi soon yeah. um, but for me, I just think it's difficult because award ceremonies and in any kind of field, whether it's sport, entertainment, they're always filled with controversy. And there's always a side 
of people that are annoyed about it and it is at the end of the day it's opinion and no one really has a like a final opinion on who's better and they don't really mean anything let's be honest i mean it's great if you win it but i think if you lose you just have to move on and i I don't really know what ronaldo's angry about he's not what what's he expecting he isn't going to win it this season was he no you surely don't believe that no no i didn't didn't, didn't, i didn't expect him to win i didn't think he deserved to win it but i think when the person who's making these decisions is coming out a week before the ceremony and making up stuff about him to sell sell headlines, it doesn't look great on the on the organisation itself. But everyone's trying to make get headlines out of Cristiano Ronaldo. Everyone, he's a cash cow for everyone. Everyone is milking him. But it, no, it, uh, what do you mean by making decisions as well? Because I swear it's 180 journalists vote on the Ballon d'Or. Yeah, of course. But I mean, the person who who runs France football. And is part and is the the sort of the main part of the organisation that 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 holds this ceremony. When I just struggle to see what people would gain out of. I I understand that Messi like they would maybe they'd want him to win for from a like a monetary standard and like a, a monetary standpoint, but surely they would have gained a lot from Lewandowski winning as well. I just don't know. I don't know. We'll get onto the debate about the one and the two in a minute. In third, I've gone for Karen Benzema. I just think we spoke about it before. I think just the level he is at, he just look, he's just such a player. Thirty goals, twelve assists. He obviously won no silverware, which is probably surprising that he got so high on my list. But I genuinely believe Karen Benzema is in the top three best players in the world at the moment. Obviously, second in La Liga, lost out to Atletico on the final day. Semi-finals of Champions League, lost to the eventual winners. But again, was Benzema just let down by those around him? What what happened? At, what was going wrong at Real Madrid last season? Obviously, it's well-documented Barcelona. I understand what's going wrong there. But in terms of Real Madrid, I think you follow them a lot closer than I do. What is, what's going wrong at Real Madrid? Is it a similar kind of situation to what we're seeing at Barcelona? No, I think Real Madrid are in a far, far better place than Barcelona. I mean, yeah. last season was uh, it wasn't bad. It wasn't. It was, but it wasn't. It wasn't amazing. They didn't win anything, but they ran Atletico close in the Champions League. They got to the the semi-finals. Yeah. So it wasn't a bad season by any means. It was sort of a season of transition where sort of players in previous seasons had left, and I think they were. I think they were pre- preparing for for the likes of Ramos and Varane to leave. So it was always a season of transition I mean you look at them this season doing well in Europe top of La Liga people mm-hmm. like Benzema obviously still just performing week in week out they've got people like Vinicius Junior who's just become a joke of a player this season yeah and they've had new players stepping up people like Eder Militao they're just they are looking a lot stronger I mean when you compare them to Barcelona they're, they're in far better shape than Barcelona not both both financially and as a team on the pitch that Ancelotti's got them playing really well I think like you said yeah they're going through a transition period whereas Barcelona I don't even know what what would you describe Barcelona's period that's just a (sighs) A mess (laughs) I I just uh, just a wreck Um, but yeah Benzema makes it third on my list and again I think it's just looking at the quality of the player and I know this is just this year but you just look at the years that he's done it for I just think he deserves all the recognition he gets now because I think it is a player that I don't think got the 
the, the correct amount of recognition before and he was always overshadowed by those around him obviously he's had controversy off the field as well I think it's a real shame looking back that he didn't play for France for so long yeah you obviously saw like, he missed out on a World Cup win I mean that must just be devastating for him like and now he's coming to the squad and I've really thought that France would well they were one of the, the favourites in that Euros and I just, I, it was disappointing with the way they went out because they showed the the quality the quality they've got and you can't it's inescapable isn't it yeah. Um, but yeah let's move on to the top two and I already know from the tone that you've come at Messi with I already know we're going to disagree on this one so in second place who have you gone for? Lionel Messi I've gone for Robert Lewandowski in second how? how? so how? just put just explain to me no explain to me I'm honestly I'm all ears this is opinion and if you change my mind I'll change but I think people with Robert Lewandowski I think people are looking back on the previous two years and I agree that he should have won that won the last years but obviously it didn't happen they didn't do it because of Covid why yeah, do don't, you, don't you think, first of all, though, that's just an absolute shambles and it just... Yeah. COVID or not, you can send a Ballon d'Or trophy to someone's house and the... You know what I mean? You can get it delivered to his house. That, this is what you're saying about the... No, because I think he's been better this year as well. But also, no, but in terms of... the, re, the That's what shows how much money is trying to be made from it. Because obviously they make so much from the ceremonies, all the, the branding that would be involved with that and... Like I think that's why they didn't do it. It's because they need that ceremony and everything. I mean, yeah. I, I so yeah. Why is why is Robert Lewandowski in number one for you? Because he's been the best player in 2021. So I've got his I've got his his stats and everything in front of me. Yeah. yeah. Forty eight goals, forty eight games. I think he broke broke some records set by Jared Muller. Yeah. Um. Don't know if that was specific to the Bundesliga. Um, he obviously won the European Golden Shoe Award, which is I think like the top goal scorer across Europe. Uh, won the Bundesliga, won the DFL Super Cup, which I think is just like the the German Community Shield. Um, won yeah. the UEFA Super Cup, won the FIFA Club World Cup. Was obviously disappointed at the Euros. Maybe not him specifically, but Poland as a whole were. Knocked out in the group stage. They came bottom of the group that held Sweden, Spain and Slovakia. So you'd like to think they could have got through that. But obviously that isn't where we're, we're judging Lewandowski. Because obviously he is the, the one shining light in that Poland squad. Yeah. I just think for me, I, I, I think it was a lot closer than people say. I, I think people are making out that he was shooing. That he should have 100% won at Lewandowski and there was no argument for Messi to win it. But I think it was a lot tighter than people say and for me Messi just edged it maybe I'm going off previous kind of um, I love Messi and I have for a long long time and for me he is the greatest of all time and that, uh, maybe that's had a, an impact on my decision um, but winning that Copper America win is so symbolic for Messi and it's always been that one thing that evaded him was with his international team and you look as well let, irrelevant of Lewandowski if you look at what Lionel Messi's done this season 38 goals 14 assists in 52 games obviously his importance to Barcelona we all understood it but it's shown even more since he's departed third in La Liga which is disappointing they won the Copa del Rey 
which is is that like the FA Cup in in Spain? Yeah. And it's just that Copper America win, and obviously joint most goals, most goal contributions at the Copper America. Are we gonna have to agree to disagree on this one? I think. Yeah, I think so. I mean, no one's no one's changing my top two. I think Messi obviously definitely makes yeah, so it. So why the top isn't two. Messi? Yeah, why isn't Messi your number one? It's, it just goes simply as down as Lewandowski has been better this year. I mean, Messi obviously Copper America wins fantastic. I mean, about time um, <laughs> with that team that Argentina have got. But um, no, obviously, he, he's un- he's unbelievable, Lionel you know, Messi. I mean, at Barca last season, they didn't have a great season. He still sort of carried them through with his goals to a respectable position. Yeah. Uh, got them into the Champions League when it looked like at some points they might not. Um, but I just think, obviously, you're judging it off 2021 as well. Like the, so it's this, this season as well, I mean. Like is Messi really? He's not really come to life at PSG, has he? No, but whilst I'm just he's not got really... one league and goal, whilst Lewandowski's there, top scorer in the Bundesliga, just averaging like two goals a game. Champions League, he's he's banging him in. He just continues to perform week in week out, and at his at his age as well. I mean, Messi's probably similar age to be fair. I think they're both around thirty four, thirty five. But I mean, like you say, it is closer than people made out. But I think Lewandowski. I mean, he definitely should have won it. And I think if you look look around the sort of footballing world and social media, I think a lot of people did did think that as well. But people jump on bandwagons as well. Like, and, and I'm not disputing. For me, it was really tight. And if Robert Lewandowski had won it, I wouldn't have been bothered, and I, I'd completely understand why he'd won it. I just think with Messi that I don't know whether his his when two players have had quite a similar season in terms of what they've won and the influence they've had on the the teams they've played in, and we do know as well. I mean that's a, another debate. What do you hold in higher regard, international achievements or club achievements? Because that's that's what we're looking at here. We've got a player that's won everything he could at club level, aside from like a Champions League, and then we've got a player that won what he could at at international level. So yeah, what do you hold in a higher regard? Or do you put it on an even keel? Um, yeah, probably put it on an even keel. I mean, like you say, you can't take away the importance of that Copa del Rey win. I think it's fair to say Messi wouldn't have won it if he if Argentina hadn't won that Copa del Rey. Copa America. It's Copa America, not Copa del Rey, yeah. yeah. The Copa he America. Win the Copa del Rey though. Oh, yeah, I mean, you can't, can't <laughs> get enough of the trophies, can you? Um, <laughs> Nah, I mean, like you say, it's a lot closer than you think. But I just, I just stuck to my guns, and that's what I think. I mean, yeah, it's my opinion uh-huh. at the end of the day. Someone else's opinion, like yours, you think Lionel Messi should have won it, and that, that you, you could be right as well. I mean, it's we're both, everyone's entitled to their opinion. I don't yeah. want, don't want people to come on here and listen and think that oh, he's he, he's he, he's he's a Man United fan. He just wants Ronaldo to do well. I've put, I've put Messi higher than Ronaldo in this rankings, just behind the winner. So. No one said that, mate. No, you. Oh, I've got. I I hear that. I I I hear it plenty of plenty of times. Um, Yeah, certain. But yeah, no. Tom Bayliss will be coming on here, and I know he will. That's why I said. Yeah, no. Yeah. (laughs) I I I respect your decision, mate. I think it was a. It's the one two that is for me. The way I look at it, it was just a lot tighter than people making out. I personally went with Messi. Maybe it was going off previous kind of attachments that I have with him. And just, I just, I think Messi is at a point in his career and what he has achieved that 
if he is being rewarded with things like this, I think it is deserved. Like, And I think more of a case with Lewandowski. I think if he'd won it last season, people would be a lot more relaxed about this season, wouldn't they? I think it would have been nice if Messi had just said, and he did kind of hint at it, didn't he? He should have said, like, I want Lewandowski to get a title. Like, he needs, he should get given one for last season. But they came out, he didn't said they? That, didn't said they? that they wouldn't do that. Yeah. No, he kind of hinted at it. But not, like, outright. He, well, he did say it, but, like, I think no, he, he should did, have he thought... He... Like he, but if he'd said that, he really wanted that to happen. He should have walked down with that happen. award and he should have, he should have just given it to him. Yeah. Give him one. That is the other you, thing as well. You've already got six. But when you, you're saying about, like, it may be being rigged or whatever, and that is what people are talking about, it does look strange when Messi wins it and then the day after there was, like seven goats by the Eiffel Tower or something. Did you see them? Yeah. Adidas had made it in some marketing thing and put seven gold goats that had already been pre-made. Yeah, strange. Make of it what you will. Um, but yeah, there you have. There is our top 10. So I'll go through mine from bottom to top. Um, Kylian Mbappe in 10th. Ruben Diaz in 9th. 8th, Luis Suarez. 7th, Jorginho. 6th, Cristiano Ronaldo. 5th, Mo Salah. 4th, N'Golo Kante. Third, Karen Benzema. Two, Robert Lewandowski. And in first, for me, controversially, I have put Lionel Messi. Westy, take us through your top ten, mate. Ten, Kylian Mbappe. Nine, Erling Haaland. Eight, N'Golo Kante. Seven, Edouard Mendy. Six, Jorginho. Five, Karen Benzema. Fourth, Mohamed Salah. Third, Cristiano Ronaldo. Second, Lionel Messi. And first... The one and only Robert Lewandowski. Right. Well, we'll leave it at that. But I do, um, I do want to. We do want to say. I mean, in case you are listening, Lionel, congratulations on the seventh. I mean, it is. Despite what I think, it is some achievement. Seven Ballon d'Ors, and it will never be seen yeah. again by anyone. Yeah, no, I echo exactly what you're saying. Congratulations, Lionel. Yeah. It definitely isn't listening. Could but, be tuning yeah. in. So maybe, maybe it's being played in the PSG changing rooms. <laughs> it, I mean, it is a remarkable achievement, though, and you can't take anything away from it. Um, obviously, we'll move on now. Um, we'll just finish the episode up um, just quick, briefly. The news broke as soon as we finished recording, pretty much. Yesterday, the news broke that Ralph Ranić to Manchester United on an interim basis with a, a six-month contract looking to take over as a in a consultancy role yeah. after the six months. Just get your initial reactions. How are you feeling? Are you happy with that? Is yeah. that the kind of what you were hoping for? Yeah, I'm really happy with it. I mean, I've said it to you. I mean, I think it's the the wisest decision that clubs made in probably ten years. Um, it just shows there's a bit of thinking and a bit of direction going on in the club now, and maybe they are starting to finally realise what what and listen to what the fans are hearing. I mean, yes, they it was announced that. Avram Glazers agreed to sort of like a a fan led sort of um, organization where club, where where United fans now can have a say on club decisions, which I think is a, another massive step. I don't think the, I still don't think the Glazers are, 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 are amazing people by any means, but at least they're actually looking at doing stuff now that is mm. going to improve the club. But on Ranić, I think I think yeah, it's good. I mean, like you say, he's not. He's not got the silverware and stuff to sort of match, but he's he's sort of built clubs 
from the bottom, Hoffenheim, Leipzig, and that's sort of what United needs to be doing. He needs to sort of build this club back up. And the, yeah. the, I think the consultancy role for two years is the thing that I'm most sort of excited about because we're now going to have we're now going to have football people making football decisions, not accountants making football decisions. And I think that's the most important thing. I think he's going to have a massive impact. I've heard that he's going to have a lot of responsibility when it comes to picking our next manager and making all these decisions further down the line. So my first initial reaction is I'm I'm really happy with it, to be honest. And I'm excited to see how he even gets us playing for now because I think if he can get us playing in a structured sort of a way where we can actually go to games and see and think, oh, this is United's identity. This is how we play now. I think he, he could leave it in really good hands for the next man to take over. Yeah, and I think it is the most important thing and the, the most positive thing about it is that they are kind of looking within the club uh, to change yeah. rather than just looking at the people that the fans see and the players, the managers. They are looking inwards and restructuring that that the boardroom and the people that are making the decisions decisions at United because first and foremost they are the ones to blame it goes way deeper than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer it goes way deeper than Michael Carrick and I think that is a sign that I mean this is yeah it's symbolic that they are doing that and hopefully they do follow through with it obviously I'm, I'm interested to know your thoughts is we're talking about a good good decision that they've made finally but further example of the board's ineptitude Obviously, there's been all this saga with the work permit. So I don't know if you guys have heard. And I'm not sure if any new news has broke this morning because we are recording this quite early. So Ralph Rangnick's work permit has been delayed. This is from, via the Manchester Evening News. Um, has been delayed as he do, does not meet the Football Association's automatic criteria. So any non-UK citizen wishing to work in English football now has to ob- obtain a governing body endorsement as part of post-Brexit regulations. They had this sitch they basically they went through this all with Ahmad Diallo. So they know what, what happens. Basically Ranjik didn't fit the automatic criteria because he needed to have managed for a minimum of twenty four consecutive months in the last five years to meet this automatic criteria. Obviously his previous spell at Leipzig ended in, in May twenty sixteen. It's just, just more examples of the yeah. board just making poor decisions because th- this news broke against on Thursday last Thursday and I don't think anyone thought he was going to be in charge of Chelsea but obviously no. you're playing Arsenal tonight were you expecting him in charge by by tonight it certainly was yeah and I think it's going to, it's looking more like Sunday now but yeah I mean it just it does just highlight the, the the sort of idiots at the top of our club I mean if only there was a an international break recently where we could have got rid of Volley Gunnar Solskjaer and sort of had all this sort of and he could have come back and took the team on for a few sessions before and then we probably would have gone and beat Watford maybe I mean yeah. they just they just love wasting games don't they Man United they just love yeah. throwing away opportunities and seasons that I mean hopefully money comes in I mean hopefully Carrick can get us a win tonight in his sort yeah. of farewell game and but yeah, I mean, just set you up well for that next era, really, isn't it? Let's just finish. Lastly, obviously, I think you're putting a post up about it, but let's just get your opinion on this whole Ronaldo debate. Yeah. Obviously, we've 
just a little bit of background for you guys. Obviously, his management experience, Ralph Rangnick's management experience, obviously exclusive to German football. He's had a host of jobs in, in Germany, but just to name a few, he's managed Stuttgart, Hanover, Schalke. I think he's done a couple of stints at Schalke. Hoffenheim. And then Leipzig is where he made his name. Um, he kind of built Leipzig, really, and what yeah. they've become now. Built them from the ground. Um, he was one of the first implementers of the Gagan Press obviously popularised by the likes of Klopp, Tuchel, who all kind of cite him as a, a massive influence in their management careers. He has won a few cups in Gen Germany, not like big trophies, but in, yeah, going back to what the the original question was, do you think Ronaldo fits into this Ralph Ranić team? Or how, how does he fit in if, if he doesn't? I think, I think if you go off, if you go off past history, no. But I think he does because it's because of who it is. Yeah, I think I think he's Randy is gonna have to sort of find a way to sort of complement him because there's no way that you can have Cristiano Ronaldo in your squad and have him as a bench player. I mean, it, this isn't what he this isn't what he came back to Manchester United for. I mean, he came back here to try and push the club on to win things yeah. and score lots of goals and have a starring role every week. Because I mean, if Ranić turns around over this next month. I mean, the next month or so will be key. Like I can, I can, see, I can see it happening. I mean, if he turns around and Ronaldo plays, let's say he starts forty or fifty percent of the games over the next Christmas period, there's there no doubt that Ronaldo will be on the phone to George Mendes saying, "Find me a new club in January," because mm. as much as Ronaldo loves Manchester United and it's he's only been back here a few minutes, that more importantly for him, it's his career and he wants to play and. I think I don't think Ranić as well. I don't think he's. I don't think he'd be naive enough as well to bench Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, the, the friction it would cause in the dressing room, but amongst players, because other players would look around and think, "Why is this guy not playing?" He's he's our best player, and also the fans wouldn't take to him at all. I mean, no. the, the, how long these as a United fan we've all waited for for this return of Ronaldo, and we never thought it'd happen, and now it finally has happened. If someone was to come in and sort of just kill that, kill that whole sort of vibe off, almost within yeah. three or four months, he wouldn't go down well. And no. all he's got to do really is set us up for the next five week, five months, five six months. Get us to a, a good a respect. Get well, just our, our aim now is top four. I mean, we're, we're never going to win the title. I mean, that that was out of the question a long time ago. Get us in the top four. Maybe get us an FA Cup or something get a good run, run in the Champions League and then the next manager say Pochettino comes in I mean he's got three players that don't really work hard at all <laughs> in his yeah. team at the moment I'm sure it won't be a shock when Ronaldo's sort of floating around the front of the pitch with Pochettino but uh, that's my thoughts yeah it would definitely be interesting to see how it materialises it always is with, with United I think more so for a neutral to be honest it's like watching a soap opera at times uh, just lastly, um, what is a successful end of the season for United? What's the best you can hope for? Well, it's disappointing to say three months ago I would have said a good good title challenge would have been a in the league would have been would have been a success, sort of running running whoever won it to sort of three or four points maybe. Now, I mean, a good success in the league would be finishing fourth because I I feel like the top three are just going to pull away from everyone. Um, they already are really to be honest I think Champions League I think we've got to be sort of aiming for minimum sort of 
quarterfinals, hopefully get a semi-final in there. But you never know with people like Ranić and like Tuchel. They can just come in and it can be one of these weird things with the Champions League where it doesn't matter whether yeah. you're, you sort of have a poor season in the in, in your domestic campaign. Something can click and we never know. I mean, it's 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 a uh, it's wishful you know, thinking. I have got the quality. It is interesting and it. it Bro, honestly, if if I was going to attach any optimism as a United fan, the only optimism I'd have would be with Champions League. Because yeah. on a night, you know what it's like, and on a, it's a it's different. It takes something different to win the Champions League, and you've got the quality to do it when when the on the night, and you you've got Cristiano Ronaldo at the end of the day. There's no better player in world football on a Champions League night when you need a goal. Yeah. Just think about the how he'll inspire the whole dressing room. He's been there. He knows what to do. And let's just see. Yeah. Let's just see what Ralph Ranić can do. Like it's it's going to be so interesting. Um, should we round the episode off there? Yeah. Right. Well, thanks for joining me, Wes. It's been a really enjoyable episode. I enjoyed doing that that top ten. Um, you enjoyed the episode? Yeah. Yeah. I loved the episode, mate. Loved the the talking points and the yeah the controversy. Yeah, no, I thought there would be. There always is a little bit. That's why we call it divided opinion. Um, yeah, thanks for, for listening, guys. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to follow the podcast on your chosen podcast provider. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Divided Opinion if you want to see daily content, match reports, articles. Um, yeah, I've, I hope you guys have enjoyed today's episode. Let us know what you thought of our decisions. Who would your number one have been? Lewandowski. Uh, messy or maybe it was someone else let us know thanks for listening and we'll see you next week